Accessing library computer data. The world doesn't always adhere to logic. And sometimes when you're lost, you're found. Hey everybody, welcome back to our coverage of the short tracks. These are the short little track things that they... Uh, they they make for Star Trek to keep you subscribed to CBS All Access or to get you coming back two months early of when you wanted to. They snuck this one out on us. Um, they had the New York Comic Con, I guess, recently, and they they announced that 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 the uh, the newest one had gone out. So me and Clay had to resubscribe, and here we are to talk about it. So we're going to be talking about the short track called Q and A. It is the first of the second series of these things, written by Michael Chabon, directed by Mark Pellington. It came out on October 5th, 2019. In this short trek, Ensign Spock's first day aboard the USS Enterprise doesn't go as planned when he and Number One are unexpectedly stuck together in a turbo lift. We're joined by Clay. Clay, how are you? Uh, if you could please call me Number One from now on. Oh, sorry, yeah. Don't don't mean don't no want to be names. awkward on your first day or anything like that. No, definitely don't want to be awkward by telling someone not your name. <laughs> it's cute though, right? That, that's a that's a very cute turn of phrase. I think. Well, um, well, this. Why is good- would anybody else but the captain call her number one? It's a good question, right? But I, I think we're we're going to get into all of these conundrums that come up from this short trek. Right after this, I'm going to take an audio. I'll get, take a break. We're going to play an audio clip, and me and Claire come back. And we're going to break down Q and A. Computer error. Manual control unavailable. Engineering. Up, John. This is number one. We have failure in turbo lift six, and I can't get manual override. On it, sir. Engineering out. People don't talk in elevators. I've observed that, sir. Well, first off, Clay, these are mm. back. Uh, we, mm. we, how would you describe your reaction to the first set, uh, series of short tracks for the first season? Um, I thought they were fine. Uh, I, I was surprised that they became required viewing for the season. Mm-hmm. And uh, based on the trailer that came out for a season three, that seems to still be the case because the is that the dude from uh, Calypso? It, it has shown up in the trailer for season three, right? Yes, he's a, he's a member of season three. He's a part of the yeah. part of the not the cast, I guess, but he, he's a recurring guest star, I think. Yeah, um, yeah. It's interesting that that they've become required viewing. Uh, I don't really like that. I, this one doesn't. Really, I don't know how this one could possibly be required viewing unless they've got something else up their sleeve that they're not telling us. Can't possibly. Um, Can't possibly. I, I think this is truly a standalone episode, which is um, which is what I want from them in, in a lot of ways. The uh, I think the unfortunate thing about what these short treks are doing and what this one does in particular is that they're fleshing out parts of the lore that I don't care about, really. Like, sure. I, yeah. I, I don't care about this, um, why Spock yells in the cage all the time, like, episode. I, I don't care about that. I don't care about him. Wait, hold on, hold on. What? Well, in the, when, uh, when he beams on board in this short track, he's yelling all the time, and she tells him to stop yelling. She doesn't, he doesn't need to yell. It's a reference to the cage where Leonard Nimoy, for whatever reason, was constantly yelling in that episode. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's weird. So, 
what what they're doing is they're f- he doesn't have that that uh rare disease where he can't control <laughs> the will ferrell the disease <laughs> <laughs> go to sleep little baby literally go to sleep. 12s literally tens of people every year are diagnosed <laughs> no he doesn't have they're that they're there they're there the um <laughs> doesn't have that it's the uh so i i think my problem with this one really is just that they're they're fleshing out parts of the lore that I don't think are important or worth wasting time on. Like I my my ideal short trek thing would just be you're sort of fleshing out character relationships between characters mm-hmm. who are now going to be prominent in the new series or something like that, or characters from the main Discovery cast. And instead, it seems like they're more interested in using them to be cute with lore in a lot of places and to like link things that you you don't really think about or you don't really care. Uh, but they seem to enjoy the fact that they are connecting the dots between the series and Discovery. And mm-hmm. I don't find that particularly interesting. I, I would. The, the, what's funny about this one is that the setup for this one was extremely what I would have been interested in. Two characters are stuck in a turbo lift with each other. Mm-hmm. But it, and it ended up not really telling me anything about anyone. And if it did tell me anything... It's about number one, who's this like fringe character in the unaired pilot for the series. It's like who who cares yeah. about number one, really? Well, I mean, she likes Rogers and Hammerstein, or is that who? I don't know if that's who that who that is. Is that is that the uh, song that you're talking that, about? That, I I I can't. I'll have to look it up. But yeah, it's uh, it's from. Um, Oh God! Uh, it's from a musical. I can't remember which one it is. Yeah, I, a, I was just looking famous... at it. Actually, let me see here. Memory. Yeah, but go ahead with your with uh, I am the very model of a modern major general is a satirical major, song major from general. the operetta The Pirates of Penzance by Gilbert yes, Pirates and Sullivan. Of Penzance. Gilbert and Sullivan, not Rogers and Hammerstein, yes. Um Yeah, I thought it was kind of a waste of time, honestly. Uh I didn't find anything really interesting about it. Yeah, the st- they basically just montaged Spock asking questions and her getting kind of annoyed by it. Um which would have been that's a weird story beat to me that that they have her introduce the concept of asking questions to her you know like when they're walking yeah. to the turbo lift she's like you're the science officer you should ask more questions isn't it a little bit more interesting if spock is just always asking questions <laughs> that like if if his way of making right. conversation in that thing is to ask these kind of questions about the ship and she gets annoyed by it but she invites that torture on herself so i don't i don't understand what the point of that was yeah, and I, I I like the idea of Spock's first day on the Enterprise, um, but I don't think if you pitched that story to me, I would be super enthused where it's like, yeah, it's Spock's first day on the Enterprise, and he gets stuck in an elevator. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It was just... See, yeah, I'd like I, that because I think you could really have an interesting short about being stuck in a turbo lift in Star Trek. Sure, but it, it, I, I it mean, didn't really work could. out that way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you had those characters have any sort of like conflict or talk to each other at all, instead of just you know uh, slow dissolving over different questions for five, tw- ten minutes, and then uh, I, I don't know, it, it just uh, it, it didn't really. There was no story inside the elevator, you know, like the, there. There, there has to be, or generally, you would expect there to be a. Uh, even though it's just two people in an elevator, you still have to tell a story with action and conflict and a beginning, a middle, and an end. Yeah, 
And it just kind of felt like we were watching two people stuck in an elevator without much to talk about. The shorts really rely on um, fan familiarity with the characters. It's a, it's another discovery trait where they... I don't ever want to see another exterior shot of the turbo lift. It's really, that's, it's just, that's really weird. It's, it's, they've done that before up, in Discovery, yeah. but it looks like it's just an empty space. Like, why is there so much empty space in the ship? I, I don't know. And I think it's one of those things where, where they do this a lot. At least I feel like they do this a lot, where they try to explain it too much, and then it just brings up a lot more questions. Like, I have always wondered, yeah, I guess how would the turbo lift work? Because, you know, is is it like the Wonka Vader, where it can go up and down and side to side and, you know, on multiple axes? Right. And it's like, I, apparently, yes, but it functions like a Disneyland ride, I guess, now that we've seen the exterior. But now it it has all these other questions attached where it's like, well... Is it on a singular track or is it is it moving in like eight directions? It, it, it didn't really – I don't know. It wasn't something I – yeah, and it seemed like it was a track just floating in space. That, that's the thing not, that I, I care about is yeah. that it seems like there's nothing around it for whatever reason when it should just yeah. be in a tube, I think. Like it should just be in a – it should be on a track. My my understanding of them has is, is always been or the way that I think about them is just an, it's an elevator that's kind of like a train on a track and it can go a whole bunch of different directions for you. Sure. But this seems different. It seems like it's in virtually empty space flying around and if you wanted to fix it, you almost need to put on a spacesuit or something because there's like literally nothing around it. Yeah, they needed to call. <laughs> they needed to get the crew member with climbing experience. <laughs> <laughs> we- <laughs> a Scot- the Scottish one too, which is a nice, uh, nice callback to uh, Scotty, I guess, if it's even a Ensign, callback. Ensign, uh, Ensign Williams goes to the climbing gym on the weekends. We'll we'll gear him up and send you down to send him down to get you guys out of there in a second. Yeah, yeah. I, but I, I think that the, um, I think that the shorts just really like that. Like those are the two traits that I don't like about the shorts at this point is that they tend to rely on familiarity with the characters and they're not interested in really fleshing them out as much as, um, showing how the dots are connected. And then it's just, it's filling in lore that I don't think is really relevant. Like I'm not interested in all these, how did a, how did item a get from point A to point B? over the course mm-hmm. of something it's like I, I don't care a little really like i'd rather right, just have right. i'd rather just have you know how how can you if you're going to do a short trek like this i don't understand why you would pick number one and not just pike and spock talking to each sure. other yeah Th- absolutely. That, that's yeah. all i that's all i'm interested in i don't care about number one she's she's a trivia aspect of star trek she's not a real character or shit i mean well i mean i think they're trying to make her a real character which is why they're doing it but, right but it's um yeah why don't whatever. why don't you put all three of them in there right you know i mean that that then you can establish some sort of then you've got three people um stuck just in an elevator other. yeah just met yeah just met uh spock interacting with the captain for the first time and how he and number one maybe clash a little bit, or, you know, something like that. I don't know, something, yep. something that gives you a little bit, little bit to chew on instead of just uh, watching people fiddle with wires for t- fifteen minutes. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I didn't really enjoy it all that much. Um, I don't know what else there is to really say about it at this point. But uh, if there is anything, do you have anything you want to say about it, or is it just is this pretty much it for this short track? I, I don't think that it really amounted to much by the end of it 
uh, it certainly felt like all of 15 minutes. I, I did like the ending just because I think that Anson Mount still continues to play Pike very comfortably. Yes. And so when he appears, I think that everything um, kind of settles into place. Although it, when he appears, it's, it's just that weird thing of like the story not really understanding what it was taking to get to that end point where it feels like number one has somehow related to Spock at that point, but I don't feel like their elevator journey really accomplished that. Like, I don't feel that they Mm. connected on a deep enough level to her have the kind of like wink, wink look that they each have when they look at each other as she pretends to not remember his name. I don't know. Yeah. It's just strange. There was also a lot of like, did you feel like they were going for a weird sexual tension thing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that didn't quite play and or amount to really anything? Yeah, no, I I, I think so. Just with the, the sort of, sensual circling of him in the elevator and and all that stuff and they yeah it's standing really close to each other and you know i don't know they both Um, look really fake too do do, do you think that they the characters look kind of plasticky in in this for some like spock's hair looks like lego man hair and yeah uh, his hair doesn't look great rebecca romaine just kind of looks um like she's had some work done or so like it's either too much makeup or something like they both just look strangely artificial in in this and it's it's uh, it was a little bit distracting i guess yeah i think <laughs> it continues to be funny how much everybody loved this guy playing spock until he cut his beard <laughs> and then they're like oh oh no that's not what we want at all um uh the other thing that i thought was kind of weird unless i miss unless i took the wrong thing away from it she 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 says that thing about him uh, smiling when he got there and essentially tells him uh, he like apologizes for it. And then she's like, don't ever apologize for being happy, but at the same time, don't let people see your, your uh, proclivities. You know, yes. it, it was this weird kind of thing where she's telling him not to be embarrassed about his uh, uh, emotions or something. But then it's also like, but don't let people know you like weird shit. I, it was, it was a strange, uh, it was a strange pep talk. I, I attributed that to her as some sort of commentary on being a a woman in Starfleet, which sure. in the context of things in the future, that doesn't seem like it would be a strange thing. But the thing about number one that was so provocative was that when it came out in the 60s, they were like a woman second in command. Like, what the hell is this? Like, this is un- mm-hmm. unpre- unprecedented. And I thought they were kind of commenting on that, that she, as a woman, she's not allowed to show her her weaknesses basically because they'll take advantage of it. And that's what she's trying to pass along to Spock. I don't know if that's intentionally what they were doing. And if not, I don't really know what the point of it was, but that's how that, that was my head cannon coming out of it. Yeah. And it was all, it's also weird when, when, uh, when he's like, so what's your big secret? And she's like, I like really old music. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know what I was expecting, but it, I don't know. It, it, I feel like the message was a little bit jumbled there. Um, I, I only remember that song. That song is in TNG's Disaster. And when uh, mm-hmm. Beverly Crusher is trying to get Jordy to sing it. And when it came up here, I was like, has this song been referenced a million times in Star Trek and I've just missed it? So I went and looked it up, but apparently it's only Disaster in this episode. So it's a strange mm-hmm. connection to make there. Like the... I don't know. I don't see. I don't understand why it's necessary to link TNG to this show at all. Like, if it was in TOS, I think I would understand it. Maybe it's kind of like a a pop for a top forty hits of the twenty thirty forties or whatever. But <laughs> I don't understand why everyone is singing it across the galaxy. 
Uh, yeah. I mean, Spock apparently knows it because yes. he, he joins in at the end. Yeah. I, yeah, I know it from uh, The Simpsons. It's one of the songs that um, uh, Sideshow Bob sings when Bart stalls for time by getting him to perform the entire uh, catalog of Rodgers and Hammerstein. <laughs> That's why he's so detail-specific on that one. Yeah. You know, I also, going into this, I knew this wasn't going to happen, but I think it was just a reflex. When I saw the title, I was I, I part of me was hoping that Q was actually going to show up. Because oh. you can't have a Star Trek title with the word, the letter Q in it, without it being a pun on Q. I guess you can. I guess that was the Apparently. big twist. I didn't even think about that, but it makes sense. I'm glad they didn't do that, actually. But I, I don't know if I'm glad with what we got out of it instead. Final thoughts about this one. Um, I thought it was fairly similar to the first season's ones, maybe even a little bit more pointless in a lot, a lot of ways, although I still spent the mm-hmm. entire first season of these things wondering how they were going to connect. And I don't really see this one connecting, except in some very tertiary way where they randomly bring up that this happened previously. Um, I, My theory about how this connects is they're going to do some sort of mini series that's about like Spock's first year in the enterprise or something. Mm, yeah. Because cause why else, why else would you do it? If you don't, if you don't, if this isn't referencing something like that or uh, leading into something like that, it just feels like them doing it because everybody liked these characters. It's, <laughs> It feels like they're doing it because everybody liked these characters, except they forgot to put in the one people everybody liked. Right. Yeah. Um, but it was cool. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, yeah, it was kind of a throwaway. I guess it was kind of. I guess it was kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, and it was nice to see the uh, Enterprise costumes and everything again. That, that that stuff still looks great. Another. There are six short tracks before Picard starts. Apparently, one more is. Enterprise crew based. So Pike, number one, and Spock. Are they all Discovery based or is there a, a Picard short trek as well? The last one is a Picard short trek. Oh, it is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. At least uh, the idea was that they think it's the last one, but I think it's been confirmed that one of them is a Picard related thing. So I think mm-hmm. it would make sense to have that one be the one that pops up right before the series starts, obviously. Um, yeah. Is it an inter- is it an interview with the makeup artists where they were trying to convince themselves that, that <laughs> they did a good job? Good? <laughs> do we just want to do the Oof. trailer talk here? Sure. What the hell? We'll, we'll do two minutes of trailer talk. Um, I like the trailer. I get mm-hmm. I get fired up by seeing that this is, series is pretty close, and I'm interested in it. I'm more I'm a million times more interested in the Picard trailer than I am in the Discovery upcoming season. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it was fine. It snuck in a lot of bits of Discovery stuff that gets me worried. A lot of like karate kung fu action and people running. Uh, the guy with a sword really kind of annoys me, even though I don't know anything about him at this point. But You don't want to see a, an extended fencing sequence? With no, not with an 85-year-old man. Even in that short split-second clip, it look good. Yeah, I'm hoping it's, it's not uh, exactly what it seems or something. I don't know. But outside of that, I was happy to see the people in it. I liked the... It seems fairly likely that Data at least appears as a dream or something in all yeah, of this. Yeah. Um, it's good to see Troy. Uh, Riker looked like he just got done fucking in his appearance, so that was nice. Um, <laughs> yeah, very appropriate. And outside of that, I, 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 really I thought liked, it was fine. 
I really like the way they introduced him in the trailer too, where he's he's just got his back to the camera and someone's like, Dad, and he's like, What? <laughs> Listener Kyle said it looked like he was masturbating into the sink from that shot. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. What, Doing what, what, the taxes, what do you want? I would say it got me excited. It it was probably another eighty five out of a hundred like the first trailer was. Like there's still a little bit that it's got me concerned and everything, but I think mm-hmm. that in general, I, I know, thought it was good. Uh, I want to know who's who's flying that uh, Ro- OG Romulan bird of prey everybody seems to be shooting at. That seems to be the ship that he's flying around on, right? It, that's, that's what I thought it probably was if I had to take a guess at it, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's what it is. And it looks like they attack a Federation ship at some point in it. But when, the, when he does the little, like, let's kick it or whatever, and they jump to warp, they show that ship jumping into warp. So that's, that's what I, it is for me. I was really, I was really trying to get a good look at the badge situation. Um, it looks like it might be the uh, uh, all good things badge. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks, if it's not, it's very, very close. Yeah, but sense. Uh, I was also wondering if they're going to make those uh, Starfleet visitor passes. <laughs> you have to. <laughs> so get I was one like, of those I bet, well. I bet people will buy those if they make those. What'd you think of the trailer? Um, I thought it was. I thought it looked good. Uh, I was. Data's I'm hair on, excluded from yeah, that. Yeah, data full stop is doesn't look fantastic. I like his um, eyes. I'll I'll stick to I like his eyes. I think his eyes look kinda, non-human and are there for good. Yeah. I I don't know how relatable of an example this is, but it's kind of like if you draw if you draw someone's face, right? And you think it looks dead on and then you flip the paper over and you look at it through the back, uh it usually doesn't look right, and that's what data looked like to me. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I thought it looked pretty good. I, uh, I like that they're kind of giving you a lot, but not really giving you anything because it's still fairly, uh, abstract what exactly is going on and what the story is about and, you know, why he needs to go talk to Riker and why he needs to go talk to, I mean, I guess we know why he's talking to seven or nine, but, um, yeah, I like that they're, they're, they're not spoiling anything really, uh. It looks pretty good, you know. I, yeah. I'm 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 holding out hope that uh, uh, it's going to be good. I think so. I like the trailer. If you haven't seen it yet, go check it out. And uh, we'll be here when Picard starts to kick off because we'll be done with DS9 by that point. So, guys, thank you very much. Did you want to talk about the Discovery one at all? No, I haven't really watched that one yet. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, not enough to talk about it. Maybe we'll do that sure. for the next um, Star Trek episode. We can end with that one. Mm-hmm. Guys, thank you very much for listening. If you want to support the show, patreon.com slash the Penske file is the best way to do it. Otherwise, you can click all the social links down below, uh, Discord, Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff. You can follow us there. I think that's it. We're continuing our coverage of Star Trek DS9. We're going to do the short treks as they pop up. They'll probably come out on the Tuesdays. I think it's one a month until uh, Picard actually kicks off. So that's about it. Does Picard, Picard start before season three of Discovery? I think it does. I don't think they've announced oh. when Discovery starts. Yet. Interesting. Okay. I would imagine that they're not going to overlap. That would seem to be the smartest way to go about things, but who knows with what they mm. what they're planning. That's they, it. Clay, do you have anything you, sure you want to say? Not building, uh, you sure they're not building uh, CBS All Access as Star Trek every night of the week? Yeah, I mean, th- that is kind of what they're doing, but at that point, you should yeah. have this on a Thursday and then something on a Sunday or something. Space it out a little bit and overlap them or whatever. Yeah. Guys, thank you very no, much for nothing listening. nothing to say.
What's that? Sorry, I keep. St- I, I, you asked me if I had anything else to say. Oh yeah, before. go ahead, go ahead. I was just saying no. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I keep <laughs> stepping all over your outro. We feel it's this new office. I feel like I'm a little bit off or something like that. Guys, we're done. We'll be back with more DS9. Until then, see you.